0: Hello and welcome to this week's Grape Culture Podcast, the podcast where three women drink wine and discuss feminist literature and issues. I am Sam. I'm Kim. And I'm Alex. And we hope you enjoy the episode. On this week's episode, we are talking about the graphic novel Lumberjanes and the series that goes beyond that, which is written by. uh, Who is it written by, Kim? Noelle Stevenson
1: and other people. Uh, Et al. Noelle Stevenson <laughs> and Grace Ellis, illustrated by Brooke Allen, colours by Marta Laiho, and letters by Aubrey Ais. Sorry I if I pronounced any of that I, wrong. Yes. Uh, and it's a um, graphic novel,
0: as we said, and it's kind of about a women's. It's almost like a scout
1: group. Isn't I believe it? in
0: America they call it
1: summer camp.
0: Summer, oh, is it a summer camping?
2: Okay. Yes. So, so it's like it's, girl guides, I suppose. It's, it's
1: kind of like girl guides, but they do it all summer, whereas obviously in. We'll okay uh it's like once a, weekly, a week maybe a
0: weekly friendship yeah but yeah so we're talking about lumberjanes but before we get
1: into the book what do we have to say about the wine again i have a little story for you about the wine i'm excited so um this weekend passed i was bored and <laughs> what um, a great story <laughs> i decided as i want to do to go source some vegan wines for the podcast excellent which is apparently what i do in my spare time now yeah i
2: very much appreciate (laughs) your time
1: activity so i went somewhere that we've not been before to get wines for the podcast which is uh the majestic wine warehouse which Mm -hmm. in the uk is is quite well known as being you know a place to go bulk buy wine yes there are several of them and i'd actually gone to see if they had a specific wine which i didn't end up buying and ended up buying six wines and a bottle of gin. So, because it was a Sunday afternoon and the shop assistant was both handsome and bored. And <laughs> how
2: handsome are we talking That is how I like them. I,
1: he gave me Enrique Iglesias vibes. So he's like, not super, super, super amazingly handsome or anything, but he was just very charming and very nice. And I appreciated the fact that he was giving me free wine.
2: Okay, yeah, true. So, I that.
1: you know. Happily in a relationship, guys. Nothing to worry about. But, you know, I'll take a handsome shop assistant where I can get one. And free wine. (laughs) (laughs) And free wine. Okay, yeah. So anyway, I was wandering around and looking at wines and he sort of came up to ask me if I needed any help. And I said, oh yeah, no, I'm looking at your vegan wines, but I'm looking at the list on my phone because I'm trying to get some wines for this podcast that I do. And he got very excited and then said that, oh, the the website isn't always accurate. There are actually wines that aren't that are vegan that aren't on the list on the website. And so he started wandering around with his little list and getting really excited. <laughs> and then I told what him what babe. the podcast was about this week. And mm-hmm. I said, I'm looking for something outdoorsy or nature inspired or um a bit adventurous. Mm. And he, that's when he directed me to this one, mm-hmm. which I am really grateful for because I didn't know it was vegan. It doesn't come up on the website, but it's uh it's perfect. So this is the Nazar North Canyon wine, which is a Portuguese wine. The Ooh. tagline is "A wine for the daring."
2: Ooh, um, very good. The label is
1: awesome. It reminds me so much of the art of Lumberjanes that yes, I honestly like. It. I couldn't have picked anything more perfect. It's from um. I think it. I think the vineyard is like rock wines, and it's got like a surfer on it. It's really cool. Their label, um, and. So the wine notes on the back read, Surf's up. Nazar North Canyon has been made famous in recent years as the home of the world's highest surfing wave, formed by an underground canyon that causes the waves to crest spectacularly Enthusiasts travel around the world to surf there. And the record was set by a surfer from Brazil. Fancy that. Our vineyards lie a small way inland, 40 miles north of Lisbon, benefiting from the fresh Atlantic weather. The wine is a blend of native Aragonese combined with the renowned Cabernet Sauvignon, Wines from these cooler coastal areas are classically light, fruity, and easy to drink. Bright, juicy red fruits and subtle tannins are the hallmarks Enjoy. Um, Harry, the shop assistant, also gave me some tasting notes. Harry. Handsome Harry. Handsome Harry. His name was Harry. Handsome Harry. He definitely didn't Shout out to Harry. Like... Yeah. If you're, you're listening, Harry, thank you very Harry. much <laughs> for your help. Um, You probably don't remember me, but you did also take all the wines to the car, which I really appreciated because I couldn't bother to carry them. Um, (laughs) What a gin! He also upselled me a £30 gin. So, I mean, he's good at his job. Uh, Nazar North Canyon, 2017. This easy drinking and fruity wine showcases modern Portugal at its best. Soft flavours of blackcurrant and plum are followed by a hint of mint wrapped in a silky smooth texture.
2: Oh, I'll yeah, be really interested, so
1: interested to taste this because we've had a hint of mint wine not that long ago. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to try it. I also like, um, so Majestic offers tasting notes with most of their wines that they sell mm-hmm. you. Um, and one of their last things is enjoy Enjoy simply by itself, or with lighter lamb-based dishes. And I like any, any wine that says enjoy by itself. I will. Thank just you. Just drink it. And just you may <laughs> like get drunk. Yeah. Right. So right. let's pour and just it
0: drink it. Open. Cheers. Cheers. Charles, darling. Charles. Where? Oh yeah. Country road. <laughs> Take me to
1: fucking hell. Anyone with any notes beyond Country Roads, take my mouth. <laughs> I was just thinking that if if this was a video and we were subtitled, it would just be like drinking thoughtfully. Oh, I, I really like... like this. It's spicy. It's fun. Mm, I don't think
0: it is that spicy.
1: No, I think it's quite mellow.
2: It's
0: oh, thick, I have had a it's lot of thick,
2: okay. but mellow. It's
0: <laughs> it's it's all um. It's quite it's quite tart.
2: Tart is is a good description. I I think this is... I prefer this in a red
1: wine. He gave me a few different wines to try and he brought one up that was very... It was, I think, another biodiv... It was an organic wine and it was called Farmhand and he was like, this would be really good for what you're doing and it, it did have a really cool label. We'll probably try it another day. But he was like, it's quite a dry one and I was like, I'm a red wine drinker and I don't go for the dry reds, but funnily enough, the person on the podcast who is vegan does go for it, but she tends to be a white wine drinker. Anyway, I didn't choose that one deliberately because I was trying to find one that would be a little bit more buttery, so I failed. Um but I I like this. I don't yeah. think it's dry in the same way that the um the biodiverse wines have been. I think it's not light in that way. It's quite heavy wine. And it's, I think tart is a really good descriptor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, I do enjoy it. Also, Sam should bar.
2: replace Harry as the pretty, pretty person in the wine shop.
1: Gonna maybe. Need to
2: do some, maybe.
0: Going to need to do some work on my beard.
2: You'd have to wear <laughs> a
0: fleece gilet. <gasps> what?
2: wearing a fleece gilet?
0: <laughs> they have oh, majestic no. wine he's lost, on it.
2: He's lost pretty points. When did we start calling them
0: gilets and not body warmers?
2: So we all have our wine, be it smooth and non-buttery and tart, as Sam likes to put it. Uh, Let's talk about Lumberjanes. Yay, Lumberjanes. So um, I suppose what are our kind of first thoughts when... I mean, Kim, you... You lent it to me. I think you lent it to Sam as well. Yes. So you actually owned this bad boy. I you did. You paid money for you it. You paid the dollar.
1: I paid money for this and I have the first four, mm-hmm. in fact. Wow. Um more fans. Yeah. So I had it recommended to me by Book Riot and then it was available on Prime Reading. Um, So I read it because I needed something light and fun to read and I've always been a fan of or for many years have been a fan of graphic novels but I wanted something that wasn't superheroes. What is your basic summary of the book? So this was recommended to me as hardcore lady types have fun and friendship in the outdoors with cats. Like there's cats. There's a kitten holy. Uh forgot about that. Like it's 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 just the idea was that it was like feminist outdoorsy fun. And I I thought that that would be a really interesting. Thing. If I had to give a pitch for it, having read it and read the following ones, it would be all girl gang feminist Scooby Doo.
2: Oh, that's a good shout.
1: So That's why I wanted to talk about it was because it is all girl, ga- all girl, all girl gang feminist Scooby Doo, and um, and what was your kind of?
2: First... I Scooby Doo.
1: What was your initial thoughts?
2: I I suppose, actually, because Kim, you you were the one that suggested us reading Lumberjanes. um, Why did you feel that it was important to talk about?
1: Originally, I chose it before we had chosen to do the episode about wine country and about female friendship. And when I first read it, I was so struck by how many times I wanted to take a picture of it and send it to you guys in Mm -hmm. WhatsApp because it was so much about like friends yay friends and it was so funny and it made me so happy and but it was also it had such a different variety of representation of women mm. and I, so i was like i want everyone to read this also i want us to do something light-hearted also i want to talk about female friendships also i just want everyone to read this like I wanted you all to see it so that when I sent you random pictures, you'd We'd get, get it. <laughs> because I personally it was for in jokes, yeah. Really. Pretty much. I personally feel like of our friendship group, there are representatives in this mm-hmm. comic. Um and then I did some further um research into it. Not that much, but a little bit. Which <laughs> is that, you know, the it's got a lot of um lgbtq um input to it it's it's so female driven with all the news about superheroes and and marvel and blah, blah 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 like it was a nice foil to the sort of marvel driven comic book world and i just i i just loved it basically yeah. What were your first opinions of it?
0: I'm not someone who would pick up and read a graphic novel uh, of my own volition. I don't think um, it's not a medium by which I would choose to read a story. But I I enjoyed it. I thought um, I thought it was a different take on this kind of girl guides sort of
2: narrative. Retreats, camps, whatever, or I'm at least a aware in, of them. intense yeah. Yeah. projects where you might work with other people your age. Yeah, so even
1: outdoorsy, it, outdoorsy yeah.
0: kind of element. Um, but it had this heroic, supernatural element to it, which I think was very engaging. It, it's not a a narrative that I would seek out. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean I didn't like it
2: yeah Mm. but that was part of the point yeah Mm. alex what about you um i think much like you i am not necessarily partial to a graphic novel as well as much as actually i i really enjoy them when i do read them or look at them (laughs) um it's reading put them in your eyes okay okay it's reading there are words it's reading there are words in many pictures um As in, I wouldn't buy it or pick it up naturally, but when it's kind of presented to me, I really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and that has been true for many graphic novels, um, including the one that we spoke about in, like, episode three or something. Take it as
0: a compliment. Yeah. Like, way, way, way,
2: way back. Um, I, in terms of first impressions, I did actually struggle in the first kind of couple of pages, because it did start uh, at a midpoint.
1: Uh, in in is that what it is? Something like that, yeah. It's, in, the, it's in the in the, narrat- tr- the narrative which is technique in the middle of things. Yeah, it, yes. the narrative technique in where it prompts you in the middle of an ongoing yeah. story, assuming that you.
2: Yeah. Assuming that you are. Yes. Yeah. And I was a bit shell shocked, to be honest, because I was just like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what, what, who these characters are. I don't know where my grounding is. Because also, even though there's like, uh, the first page is kind of like a uh, a small part of a chapter to do with like, being a lumberjane, essentially a girl guide or whatever it is. Um, I was like I really don't understand where we are or what's going on Mm. and then suddenly you're presented by these weird like foxes with three eyes (laughs) so I was completely like I've lost my footing I don't know where I am or what I'm meant to be feeling Um, so yes it did take me a while Um, but as I pursued I think also like it didn't in hindsight it didn't need the setup I got who these characters were straight away I then, after a couple of pages, was grounded in the world that they were creating. Um, And yeah, Mm -hmm. I I think it was everything Kim was describing in terms of friendship and uh, being a normal human girl in maybe a bizarre world, but like with all the emotions and realness of and uh, the kind of variety of person that we can all be.
1: Yeah, I just want to quickly caveat that um, Alex and Sam have only read Lumberjanes Volume One.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: Beware the Kitten Holly. For those of you who are fans who have read beyond Volume One, Kitten Holly, I have read two and three. I have four and five, but I haven't read them yet because I'm kind of saving them for when the sads hit. <laughs> Um and it goes up to I think sixteen.
2: Mm.
1: Sixteen volumes this. is either like fourteen or sixteen. I was looking at it today.
2: It was published in like twenty like it was. It's quite been a, Yeah, like it's been going on for like a decade,
1: I think. And I I just wanted to make that clear that we don't know how it ends, but I'm probably gonna spoil things for Sam and Alex from what I know, just to give a little bit of context to the first volume. Um as part also part of the reason why i chose it but i just wanted to caveat that really quickly spoilers ahead also spoilers for lumberjanes 2 and 3 maybe ahead but um also we're not experts in lumberjanes shrug so as we've just
0: been talking about you've probably picked up that this is a graphic novel set in a summer camp um if you are in the us if you're in the uk it's kind of a Well, what it sounds like. It's a camp where people go spend the summer doing activities. Um, But this is not an ordinary summer camp. This is a summer camp for... um, How is it phrased in the book? Hardcore lady types. Hardcore lady types. So it's very female-centric. And as many people know, when you join scouts or any kind of outdoorsy activity group, you have a, a pledge or a promise. And even in this book you have a unique
1: pledge so kim would you like to read that for us i would the lumberjanes pledge i solemnly swear to do my best every day and in all that i do to be brave and strong to be truthful and compassionate to be interesting and interested to pay attention and question the world around me to think of others first to always help and protect my friends then there's a line about god or whatever <laughs> and to make the world a better place for Lund- lumberjane scouts and for everyone else okay which I just love. And I can still recount, I'm pretty sure, the Brownies pledge.
2: Were you a Brownie? I was
1: a Brownie. I was a Sixer. Uh, I don't know
2: what, that's don't that. Know what that
1: means. Is that not like a Marbles thing? No, it was the head of a troop. Okay. Um, I was How many head...
2: troopees did you have? Six. Mm, how six. old were they? Ten. Seven.
1: And how old were you? Ten.
2: Oh, well, that's cool. Well, it's, it. it
1: you don't get any responsibilities, you just get to brag. Um, it's just bragging rights, and you get a special badge. Um, but it's I solemnly swear that I will do my best to serve my serve my queen and my country to help other people and to uphold the brownie guide law. And what is the brownie guide law? A brownie guide thinks of others before herself and does a good deed every day. I mean, why are they talking about the fucking queen? I don't know, Brownies.
2: Okay. Anyway. Robert Powell, maybe. Prop- Whatever his name was.
1: The point, I point, point is, yet. I really love the Lumberjanes Pledge. Um, and I think that the Lumberjanes, the graphic novel, it comes up, like it it is referenced, even indirectly, through the actions of the core group of characters in the Lumberjanes. Who are so the core group of characters? I was going to say, let's just talk about them. Let's so, well. the Lumberjanes are... Five key members of the Roanoke cabin, as well as the camp director and um their camp counselor. So the five key members are Ripley, mm-hmm. who is the youngest; and she has a streak of blue hair. April, who has red hair, and she is quite whimsical Bookish. and tiny, and I love her, and she has a journal. Um, then there is Joe, who I believe in later comics is transgender. Like uh, identifies as Trans- transgender. non-binary? Transgender. Trans- okay, specifically transgender. Actually, yeah. But I don't, I haven't got that far, so I'm not sure about that. Molly, who is I think she's so Molly and Joe are both second year campers, so mm-hmm. they are slightly senior. And then Mal, who is uh, a bit of a rocker, and she has like a shaved head, and she's really cool. Um so they're all ladies and then they have jen who is their cabin counsellor and Mm -hmm. then i forget the name of the woman who runs the camp but she's also really awesome and um oh no you mean the big lady boss yeah no i do mean the big lady boss who is not the woman who started the camp so it's not lady molly with or whatever her name is um Miss Quinzella Thwiskin Pennequil Thistle Crumpets Camp for Hardcore Lady Types. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, you heard. Um, so it follows their cabin. So they obviously, they share a cabin. They are they are put together by circumstance. Um, but they become good friends. And I think it's implied, as Alex said, you kind of get dumped in the middle of, of a storyline. But it's implied that Joe and Molly have been there before. That they have already been there for a, a short amount of time, so they've forged quite a close bond. Ripley is the youngest, um, Molly and Joe are the oldest, Joe is the de facto leader, um, and they are a little bit loose canony. So while the rest of the camp ostensibly is doing normal things like, you know, learning to identify plants or tie knots or go hiking. They are um the Roanoke cabin are coming across three-eyed foxes or yeah. demonic yeah. Yetis or some three-eyed on so forth. thing
2: like throughout the rest of the books as well.
1: It comes up. So the idea is that at least as far as I've got that the area that they are in and the campers that they are coming across and the male campers that into towards the end of like weird zombie one, men. Become weird zombie men. But
2: Bo- the boys.
1: It's basically a power struggle between reincarnations of Apollo and Artemis. Mm. Um and say so that they are controlling the wilderness and fucking with shit as gods are want to do. Um which is another reason why I was like, Sam, read this, read this. Because <laughs> um, okay. Sam and I have a deep affinity for mythology classical gods yes um so it's excellent and brilliant and i love it uh but so there's a lot of weird magical shit basically um and this cabin happens to find it for more context also the whole roanoke thing i don't know if you guys know about roanoke um,
2: uh, i know only... it's a place
1: in the u.s
2: yeah only through uh american horror story
1: (laughs) well yeah i mean that's the thing roanoke there's the great um they were the first colony Mm -hmm. or something to the americas and they all went missing and then there was just like a word left on the side of the wall and no one really knows what happened to them except Mm -hmm. it's pretty obvious that they all just went to a different place and that was the word on the wall but no one found them because they probably all died but it comes up a lot in American folklore and mythology, mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. also comes a lot up a lot in um, other comics. May well, I have some, some more wine. wine? Yes. How did you feel about how it's paired Thank so you. far with Lumberjanes?
0: So Lumberjanes, um, I found was um, it was not what I expected. It was well, I did not expect to enjoy it. However, <laughs> I did. Why didn't you expect to enjoy it? Because I'm not a graphic novel fan. Um, I'm really surprised about this fact. Me too, actually. Mainly because, probably because I'm not exposed myself to too many of them. Um, more than the content. I, I find, I'm going to say something that's potentially controversial. How dare you? How fucking dare you? But I find graphic novels lazy. Um, Because I am someone who works with words and I think you should paint a picture with words because of the way I work. Mm. So to have something where the hard work, the surroundings, the people, the situation is told in an illustration, I think take some of the hard work out of the storytelling and I don't think that's meant to be disparaging to the artist because I think some like I think people can have um like it's a really talented I'm not I'm not an artist in any way like that I can't draw I can't paint I can't do any of that shit but for me (laughs) if I'm going to put hours and hours into painting a picture with my words and i, I don't know did you see how I, I do nice no i do see what you it's really hard it, to explain it's it's, it's one not of my way, way of telling has, a story
1: like, you 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 are used to reading i mean you and i were I'm just talking words. about yeah you not and i were printed. just talking about and i don't think it's just it's unrelated we we were just talking about american gods by neil gaiman yes Yes. which is a biffer of a book. It is a
0: fucking stonker of a book. And
1: well. you and I were talking about, you know, how incredible it is, but you really, really, you race through it because you really feel like you're there. And it's like, what, 700 pages? And mm. you really, really feel like you're there. Um, and, it's, you know, similar themes, I guess you could say. Like, very, dif- argue very, yeah, very yeah. differently executed. But I can see how reading something that took, what, 20 minutes? I think I, I've, yeah, it was a super. It's super quick. Super quick can almost feel like you're cheating the story. Yeah, yeah. But then, do you, I? Would you agree that that point of view was challenged by Lumberjanes because of the the what it challenged and how the story was enhanced? In my opinion, enhanced by the visual. Aids? I would. I would agree that there was nothing in
0: the visual representation of the book I don't feel like I was Mm shortchanged. um I think the story I got yeah it was in no way lacking because it had pictures basically Mm -hmm. but I what the thing I think I found about graphic novels graphic memoirs comic books and I don't know if you guys agree with this it
1: gives you no room for interpretation interesting yeah that's a good point Alex what do you think
2: I agree, but I also work in visuals, because okay. I work in theatre.
0: But you, you also were, at, not not to, sorry to jump in there, but you are very good, you're a good artist, I've seen you draw things, like you uh, are someone who has a visual eye, like I you're a... You're, uh... Yeah, I love
2: drawing. I've yeah. never seen your... No, Alex is, Alex is great, and she's got that kind of... I feel cheated. Kind of... I know, I need to do an art class. You've, you've got that perspective. I haven't done it for a while. I think... Yeah, I, but I, I totally get what you mean, because I love... I mean, you know, both you and I did drama and creative writing at mm. uni. Like, mm. I love creating... And actually, some of my favourite theatre is just someone standing up and telling a story. Creating a world with words. Yeah.
0: Which is um, not what you get in a graphic novel.
2: Exactly. And not what you get when you, like, you know, as well, watch a play where everything's played out for you. Um, I think there's still room for interpretation through the understanding of what's happening, mm-hmm. and and of your opinion of the people within it, and uh, it's a different interpretation,
1: yeah. I think. Yeah, I, I think that. I agree, and I think it's interesting because, obviously, we all have different views on this. You both have said you don't really read graphic novels, but you, we have one very um, wordy person and one very visual person. I am more of a wordy person Mm -hmm. but I love graphic novels Mm -hmm. um I I think there's a lot of interpretation to be had with them even down to even down to like the nitty gritty of visuals and what people look like um one of my favourite graphic novels is um is Daredevil uh there's a a volume of Daredevil in which he is tasked with um possibly the antichrist <laughs> and question mark <laughs> and um oh my god my ex hello. <laughs> and it's 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 really interesting and i think you know superhero wise mm. a lot of them wear masks you can speculate what well, they look like what you want um but i think that for me lumberjanes while you can't necessarily quibble what certain people maybe look like which is not a bad thing you can still like alex like you were saying you can still interpret it mm. in a way and it's i find it easier to miss things in graphic novels that's true than i do in literature which means that i'm more likely to read it more closely to interpret things in a particular way i see that yeah i see that. because when i'm reading something i'm reading i'm not a skim reader i read every word Whereas yeah. when I'm visually looking at something... Like, when I watch a film, I'll look down on my phone. But when I'm visually reading something, like, like a graphic novel, I pace myself through because I'm getting through the story first. And then I go back and read it again. And I pick up Because more. you
0: are presented... In any frame, you are presented with what has to be the, the key storytelling point of that moment. It has to convey the plot because of how little room you have for manoeuvre. Mm-hmm. However one frame
1: doesn't just contain one story there's so much more there's so much more there can be so much more not and necessarily what, there is but there can what, be. yeah and what that reminds me of like what lumberjanes in a way reminds me of which i think sam you might appreciate is mm. um the show community
2: yeah where there's
1: all the stuff happening front of camera but there's all stuff happening behind camera and i'm thinking like particularly uh, the beetlejuice joke the beetlejuice
0: joke and And... our bed delivering the baby
1: yes yeah and all that stuff is the stuff that's happening in the background and this Mm. is stuff that i noticed because i read this the second time literally to so that we could talk about it and i noticed a lot more even though they are full panels a lot more of the like gestures between certain characters I'm looking particularly at a page in which um, two characters shrug at each other in a, in a panel, which on a page, on the page, it's one panel out of s- one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So it's a six panel page and a full page in which they're diving into a cave. And I'll probably take a picture of this for the Instagram so you can all see. But in the center of one of the pages, there's two characters who are shrugging at each other. Now I'm 90% sure that in a later Volume of this comic, those two characters go on a date
2: mm-hmm.
1: and this little this little um panel is like an intimacy moment between them it's like a precursor, but when I read this the first time, i don't remember that it was it almost felt like a well, should we do the thing yeah, yeah, right. but yeah. when you look at it with hindsight there's all sorts of things and it's the same with um the characters molly and mal also have a i think a relationship and there is a scene that i want to talk about a little bit more later on because it's part of the reason why i wanted to talk about like why this book this graphic novel um reminded me so much of my friends which is a is a anxiety narrative mm. um And they have a little, a brief conversation. It's part of the story, it's part of the dialogue. They are offered six panels, which, like, how are you feeling? Are you okay? No, I'm just sorry, I didn't want you to get hurt. There's a lot going on in my brain. And it's really, really small and intimate. It's a really small and intimate moment, but it's overshadowed by what happens on the other side of the book, which is that they find a cave full of awesome artefacts. But the point is that, like, I think that it's really easy to skip over things in a graphic novel and then you go back and look at them and there's more nuance so even like when you read a book again there's more nuance or if you read a book closely versus skimming a book there's nuance i think there is nuance in a graphic novel that you don't get everything the first time i think and especially in the age of um peak tv which Mm. i think we are in i think there is more appreciation for how much nuance there can be that you can skip over even if something seems easy and simple we've talked about it with kimmy schmidt for example mm. so that was just my soapbox that i understand on i on, yeah. preach about how much i love lumberjanes did you identify with any of the characters oh, or did I you need n- recognize any of the characters if so who when <laughs> why what this is all very in-jokey sus guys but i i'm intrigued okay. i want to know let's uh, before we go into that let's have a brief summary let's
0: talk about a brief summary of uh, the, the, the five the no characters. the five characters oh, because right. um you know we we know we each it. other no the listeners may not know each other uh-huh. no, may not know us in the same way cool. so we have five key
1: characters let's talk about them before we talk about the counselor or
0: um sounds good
1: kind of yeah i'll point to them you talk about them because i've been talking a lot i'll do my best it's and i will almost certainly okay. interject go for uh, Ripley Ripley
0: so Ripley is the youngest character as you said a very uh, childlike view on the world enjoys chocolate and um, running around just fucking having a great time climbing like trees of the, yeah climbing trees yes um,
1: likes to point out things they like
0: likes to point out things are you saying that that's Alex no I just I, <laughs> I,
1: I, I'm particularly thinking you. I like kitchens I like sharks
0: um, yes and then when she's like ah chocolate bar and I, like don't, guys sort of, yeah. yeah so impulse control impulse yes oh. um, very very impulse driven the mm-hmm. worst um, thing I
2: know we're talking about the characters the worst thing is that I was reading it and knowing this question was coming and knowing all like both of you would go Alex this is you
1: oh I don't know if I agree but we'll get to that
2: in a yeah, minute yeah okay good.
0: I don't yeah I would not of all the characters I would not have picked her as you <gasps>
2: We'll get, we'll get there because in a minute, but
1: we'll get there. Ever. Yeah. Um, so that's Ripley. Ripley. Childlike. Bit tomboyish, I would have said. Yeah. Like in a, in that kind of... Slightly feral. Yes, a feral that's exactly character. the word. Yeah. That kind of 12 year old. I can do anything because this is the summer before growing up. school. I'm going to climb a fucking tree. Yeah. yeah,
0: that kind of person. Yes. April. April. So April is the redhead. Uh, very bookish. Um, looks uh, the Hermione of the group, She's I think. Twee. Twee, um, secretly badass though. N- yeah, not not a not in a disparaging way, but she's like she's the bookish one who um, emerges with this knowledge of what is going on and goes, oh my god, I know this I read a book and I do mm. a thing and I, I can I can do this. It's not doesn't say that she can't do it anymore, but she's she will go to the books first, which is yeah. why I said the Hermione oh, of the group. She's,
1: she's the quote, like, yeah, she's arm a wrestler, wrestler though. Yeah, yeah, she's really yeah, she's, she's got she's the Muscles. quote unquote visually girliest
2: yeah that's true in
1: the yes yeah she is she's wearing you know she whatever wears that means in in
0: the cover of this one which is the first um copy the first copy the first, copy, the first edition of lumberjane she's wearing pink shorts and she's got a headband with a bow in it mm-hmm. um and, and she's hair. got like freckles and... and she
1: has her journal it's really more of a diary okay diary <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Which I just, I loved that. Oh, yeah. no, I, yeah. I think that was one of the moments that I sent to you in WhatsApp originally when I was first... Re- I read this you, first you read in this a while ago, January yeah. 2019, um, way before we ever thought about talking about it. She's, of all of them, she's the nerd. Yes. If there has to be one, it's her. I would agree. The nerd, but yet also the traditionally girly Pretty one, like if you took them out of context and you put them in a teen movie, in a traditional two thousand. She's the Velma. Ah no, see, I disagree. Okay. Because I think if you if you flung her in a teen movie, okay,
0: she's just like if you push Daphne and Velma together, she's yes,
1: that's quite right. I think she she's the one that would be paid played by two thousand and five Kirsten Dunst. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so um, Joe, Joe,
0: de facto team leader. Jo, de facto team leader, this is the person who in later um not episodes, that's not the um, word um, volumes. Vol- volumes, that's the word um, establishes her themself as transgender um determined um I, I don't really know how to describe Joe because I don't they're kind of
1: much of an identity
0: no, not from the first volume, that. They're just kind of there. Yeah.
1: Uh, I don't know much about Jane. I would
0: not... If someone asked me to describe the characters in Number Janes, they would be the last person i go to.
1: Calm under pressure, I would have said. Like, they... Uh, th- I think leader is, like, with a capital L. Like, they are the leader. They are, um... There's no But not- they're
0: also, they also display fear, which is not to yeah. say they're not a leader, but they have moments of, um vulnerability and um, they are
1: a character who kind of takes a back seat in the first book i agree i think that they they just kind of keep everyone together like they're, they're kind of an anchor mm. mm-hmm. um yeah. and we're we're obviously using they because we're not sure how they 100%. identify they themselves identify. yeah exactly um
0: so that's joe but they are not a person i had any strong reaction to when I read the book and yeah I don't feel like I yeah Yeah, Yeah.
2: I I can't even really remember yeah exactly
1: I don't remember registering them and being like no "Mm, see I remember them and I didn't feel like the fact that I that they didn't take center stage made me not identify like not identify but empathize with them any less I, Mm. I feel like they're as much part of the group as the rest of them
0: oh yeah fair um Molly Molly, who is the blonde character. Oh, I really mean like Molly. Molly is um, kind of... How do we describe Molly? Because she kind of sits... She doesn't
1: she sit con- she strongly
0: one way or the other. She's I
1: think of her as a bit motherly, but not in a, like knowing what that generally means, but she's just... She's she's obviously a bit of a caretaker. She's
0: caring. She... Yes. And when when the when someone falls in the line of... The, the manner of the lumberjanes... <laughs> yeah, duty. But you know what I mean? When yeah. something happens, like she's the first person to take care of them. She is, yeah, as you say, a caregiver. Um, Considers
1: herself quite responsible.
0: Yes. Um, she's the kind of girl that I think of going... If I went on a, a scout trip or... Duke of Edinburgh, Mm. true. She'd be the one that would follow up with the plasters and she'd be the one that would, you know, be like, guys, we're going to have a break now. We're going to do It doesn't make her a leader. She's
1: the practical. For me, she's head girl. In the sense that... She doesn't have any kind of... She doesn't have leadership of people S- look to her. Spunk, as it were. <laughs> oh I definitely think she has spunk. But then again I'm looking at this from okay. having read further on. Yeah. Um I think that she she has she has for me head girl qualities or um she's the supporter. Aunt qualities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's the supporter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but for the for the readers, listeners, listeners, not readers um, Molly is. Her and Joe have previously done Lumberjanes before. She has a uh, coonskin hat, um, which spoiler alert is actually a raccoon. Um, <laughs> and she does the Indiana Jones thing of like rescuing her hat from the the door going down, which I friggin love. Um, she she is i think yeah she's a caretaker she's a looker after and she feels halfway through the book a third of the way through the book like she does she actually says i don't know why i'm here if this were lord of the rings she'd mm-hmm. be Sam Gamgee. all right i don't know lord of the rings i'll take that <gasps> what i fell asleep she'd be call.
0: second to the main character who is driving the plot but without that cat, without her, the plot wouldn't happen.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. because they're so nice yeah? and so supportive, and so
0: like driving... She's the sidekick. Yeah, she's but she's in the, the best way. She's the
1: necessary sidekick. Mm-hmm. Yes, she's the uh, the Wallace to her to the Veronica Mars. She's the sure. I mean, that's I the first that place no, I've go. got nothing. I've got no. She's the Jane Bennett, the Elizabeth Bennett. She's okay, the. Sure. I'm down with the she's, Lord of the Rings. She's the no Watson things. to the Sherlock. Yeah, well, Dan, I'm, okay. Yeah, I'm trying to put this in context for people who don't read Lord of the Rings. And the final character is Mal. Mal, who is my favorite. Shocker. Do you want to because you a know Mal how then? I
0: love an undercut? Uh, I don't. I never have that. Can copy. you please
1: do a Mal? Can you please do an undercut, please? No, because oh, I couldn't really see I that. Really? I do not, Fucking I not. I
2: think you would actually. No, all right.
0: Who wants no. to talk about Mal? I no, I really like because she's just kind of Mal is the as much as there's a maverick in this group of mavericks, she is that person. I think um, in terms of not like um, Ripley, who is just off on their own wild goose chase. Yes, she is okay. So in terms of chaotic, neutral, chaotic, blah 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah blah to me. Mal is
1: chaotic good. Yes. Ripley is chaotic Ripley neutral. Ripley is chaotic
0: neutral. And in terms of the others, you've got um, Joe is um, neutral good. Mm-hmm. I think she's lawful good as well.
1: What would you say? I would have said that Molly was lawful good and april was neutral good
2: okay neutral in that good.
1: molly has more of a sense of justice and april has more of a sense of she's smart fair
2: and what mal. would you say about mal
1: chaotic good no neutral good neutral was that good. what we said neutral yeah. good neutral good yep. yeah I say um anyway so that was that <laughs> that was the thing so we were talking about mal and how Mal's your favorite and you love mal
0: is my favorite because she is um
1: she's like a little bit rocker chick but she's she's good and she cares but she's got her shit going on but she's also a badass
0: yeah she's never going to leave anyone behind she's um she's there to support people but she's also not there purely to support people yeah. And she's not there to leave the charge. And um,
1: I think... I just I just enjoy her. I agree. And um, if I may, given that we were... You know, we, we sort of said we might talk about who we think people might be. hmm You are Mal. And Mal is you. In my opinion, when I read this, um, for the first time, I felt that you were very... Attuned with Mal, not least because Mal is terrified of water.
0: Mm.
1: Which I wanted to send it to you several times, but just there's a lot of Mal where she like she gets shit done, but she likes it to be done in a way, and she'll she's brave, but she's scared, and she would make a great leader, but she doesn't necessarily want to be the leader, and. Just, yeah, there's a lot of lot of Mal that I recognise in you. Because I think all the women of Lumber James are um, strong in their own ways, which, you know, we've talked about strong women before and how the many different ways that you can be strong. But personally, mm-hmm. I felt that Mal was most attuned to you.
0: I'll take it. All right. Who do you think Alex was?
1: I'm not sure. I don't think
2: any of these completely matched
1: you. No. Alex. No Did I'm... you identify with any of them?
2: Um a little bit Ripley, a little bit April, a little bit what's this Molly. Molly.
1: Um It was like,
0: yeah, you're you're none of these a hundred percent alignments.
1: You're somewhere in the middle, aren't you? Yeah. I arguably felt that you were the most April.
2: Yeah, I think it maybe. Tiny but in this, but in, in this I thought series. More yeah, maybe.
0: Because it's like you wanna Care for people, and you want to look after people, which I think is a very Alex trait. But at the same time, you're very Ripley, in that you're like, ah, things, things are fun, yes. But well, we all
1: know who Ripley really is, right? Who? Producer Holly. No, oh, I don't think she's. No. Oh come on! No, no. Joe is producer Holly. No, 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 no no, 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 guy. no, no, no. I'm sorry, I like kittens. Like uh, Ripley is so Holly. Let's talk about Ken. <laughs>
0: anyway to kim so i think you're molly i think you are molly because you are she's caring she's driven she's a leader which is what you do um and also if someone falls behind you're the person that's going to go back and check up on them mm-hmm. which is what she does i th- that was my my feeling when i read this as i was like of all of them yeah but also a bit of april
1: yeah i think that's the like, thing i, I think alex like, and i have very mm, similar mm, mm, we cuz nice we have opposite traits. Similar personality traits. If you you know could, what I mean. yeah,
0: you you kind of this this character interaction is interchangeable yeah. to an extent.
1: And when we were talking about Molly earlier, I hesitated at referring to her as the office manager of the Lumberjanes, but that is a little bit how I feel because she I, would do the admin. She, she, do, the would, admin. Sure shit, she, she do the admin. Sure as shit, she the admin. No, because I think that I think that April is a bit of a dreamer.
2: Oh yeah whereas molly is a and there is the
1: moment which is what i was talking about earlier with um molly that i really identified with and so for those of you who've read the book um this is a scene whilst they're in the underground cave just before they figure out what beware the hidden holy means for those of you who haven't read the book they go into an underground cave and there are a lot of booby traps. And, booby. Um, and Molly... what they find out in their game? <laughs> they find out Spoilers. what... Spoilers. They find out what Beware the Kid means. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what it means. But there are a lot of booby traps, which, most of which, Molly sets off. And she feels... They, they come out safely, obviously, but she feels somewhat like she let everyone down because she set off booby traps. And she was involved in making Mal... Possibly be injured. Um, and a part of what made me feel this way about these two characters, about Sam being Mao and about myself identifying particularly with Molly, is because um, Sam and I have known each other, uh, of the, the group of us, I have known Sam the best because I worked with her and I knew her first. And there was that naked time. And there was that naked time, and it was awkward, <laughs> and we don't talk about that. Um, but so there was that and also that sam you're very good at obviously speaking to everyone about their mental health but so there's a scene in which it's Mal asks asks molly hey are you doing all right and molly says yeah there's just a lot happening in my brain right now and i swear to god i could have sent that exact text to sam and sam to me um do you want to talk about it no i mean yes i mean not really but i'm really sorry you got hurt and then they have a little moment and she goes i don't even know why i'm here And I think, like, I felt that quite strongly when I read it, and I got quite emotional. And then, in the next scene, Molly saves the day, she she comes up with great knowledge about anagrams and shit, and she's great. Um, But it was that moment where you feel like you don't really know what the fuck's going on. Mm. You don't really know why you're there. Your anxiety and your brain is telling you that you're worthless. And then actually you realise that all the shit that keeps you in the background, because I've always been a background organising kind of person actually still matters and is still important and can help like i've always been great at the reason that i do the job that i do is because i like to make things better for everyone else and, and do the stuff in the background without getting all the glory and then every so often you're like why am i even here i'm doing nothing and then you realize that you're quite important so i appreciate being identified with molly because i myself identified with molly in that moment And that's why I think Lumberjanes is so important because I feel like it's not just a representation of female friendship which I've identified there. Mm. It's not just a brilliant representation, representation of all different kinds of women, which Alex you pointed out. It's also the way that you can it's got mental health things there. It's got um LGBTQ identities it's got all sorts of different identities it's a really universal experience with five female friends and three eyed foxes and and yetis three
0: eyed foxes agreed, I think that seems like a good point for us to pause, take a break Mm -hmm. and uh, refresh our wine glasses, so we will be back shortly to talk about the other aspects of
1: the book I guess So we're back from our break and I just wanted to check in how everyone found the uh, Nazar North Canyon 2017. That was our original wine choice for this episode. Um, Wine for the daring, I believe, was the tagline. What did everyone think think in the end? Wine for the daring. I
0: do not think it was a particularly daring wine. I think that was like a, it was a wine that was for the mildly adventurous. Is how I would...
1: <laughs> would you agree? I don't. The face you're pulling. Is... I don't disagree. Yeah, I um, is I like... liked it. It definitely like, oh, yeah, it was an unusual taste, but it wasn't like, it wasn't a groundbreaker, was it? But then I think about how people refer to Hendrix as like a taste breaker, and I'm like, come on, everyone drinks Hendrix gin. Wow. Um, no, exactly. not everyone. Does. Who doesn't drink gin? But mm. yes, I think it's that kind of like. Slightly daring for the bourgeoisie kind of wine. Yeah. Alex, what about you?
2: Um, it was fine.
1: Do you know it what? Is. I would rather
2: drink that wine than this white wine that we are currently drinking. This white wine is nasty. Oh well, I'm oh. sorry.
1: Um, so this white wine that they are disparaging that I'm not drinking. <sighs> uh, this is the Gufetto Prinegrigio, which has an excellent picture of an owl on the label. Is like a really cool Good. we know
2: what an owl sounds like
1: you know those like adult coloring books it's got like that but an owl on the label so this is the gaffetto pinot grigio um from the natale verge um vineyard this is uh natale verge is a fourth generation to run the winery founded in 1895 brings forth a refreshing style of pinot grigio uh, enjoy with cold or warm seafood platters surrounded by grilled <laughs> vegetables the description of the bottle is our Pinot Grigio is so easy going that it's a bit like a night owl you won't want to go to bed <laughs> it, has <a> oh! de- <laughs> it has a delicate floral aromas and a refreshing citrus fruit character making it a perfect match for spicy food, grilled fish and salads know sure, what Kimberly? I am not refreshed. and I would like to go to bed.
2: <laughs> I don't want a salad.
1: So, I think we know where that's heading. But anyway, this is Georgia the diet, named equivalent of um, second bottle plonk. Except that we decided to tell you about it for reasons unknown. We do actually have some serious things to talk about now. Um, but we're... All a bottle in on the podcast, and more than a bottle in in real life. Whoop <laughs> Um. So, apologies that we might not be doing Lumberjanes justice. This is a disclaimer. Um. I really want to talk about the the feminism, shockingly enough, of Lumberjanes the the representation of different female personas. We've all talked about you know, how we saw each other and ourselves in this book, The Idea of Female Friendship. We've talked about female friendship with wine country. I want to talk a little bit about how we feel like this graphic novel served to represent women and feminism and identity on its pages for being what we ostensibly think is quite a short, quite a light read.
0: I feel like There were some really good representations of female friendship in it. I feel like the way it um, established the friendship between the people in the Roanoke cabin, I think that was really, really great. I think they all... It wasn't just a case of they all were... um, They all had this strong friendship or bond just because they were in the same cabin. Um, So there was this the give and take kind of between people and it wasn't as simple as like oh my god yay we're having such a great time and then they had their camp counsellor who is um Jen Jen ah that's Uh, her name well done yes and she had a different relationship to the rest of them and she was basically given this handful of fucking nightmares nightmares to deal with and then she went yeah you're all fine and then through various um escapades escapades is a great word various things that happen in the book that she
1: forged a friendship with them
0: yeah and she she, like she doubted their um the genuine nature of what they were saying yes and then it became more and more um founded in
1: reality and believable for her um sidebar i'm jen So, what I want to know is, how did Lumberjanes reflect your own personal representations of women? Like, how did it make you identify with women in one day, and specifically, like, ideals of feminism or anything along those lines? I
0: think having five different types of women made it easy to find a a single one that you were like, that's the one that I want to identify with, that's the person who reflects my ideal. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, you are presented with five core women, um six plus seven if you if you're going with the counselor if you're going with um the people that they they are surrounded with um who then expand that further so the the way it it's almost down to like what you want to see in these people it's down to what you want that character to, pers- to, to, character to person that mm-hmm. <laughs> it's down to what you want to see in these characters mm. because my idea of reading a book and seeing a feminist character is not necessarily the same as you guys. So, for me, reading it and seeing, um... Mal? Mal. Mal is one ideal. Um, But also, having Molly and her idea of being supportive of women and building women up is another ideal. Mm -hmm. And, um... I think it was a book that was not necessarily explicitly dramatically feminist. Mm-hmm. doesn't stop it being feminist. But it, being feminist as a political concept was
1: not at the core of the narrative. I don't know about you guys. What do you think? I do think that being feminist was at the core of the narrative. Okay. Specifically for the way in which the dialogue invokes famous women. Mm. Which is that when and if any of the Lumberjanes curse, as it is called in America, um, when they swear, they don't say, oh my God, or Jesus fucking Christ, or what in the J.F. Roosevelt Christ, which is...
0: What in the Maggie Thatcher... That's what more, they did. They I want to vote. hear
2: more swear words, please. More inventive oh, shit. swears. <laughs> cunt, wank. They're not inventive. Right. Well, if inventive.
0: Go. So what what would you say if you were like being thoughtful about what you were saying in your swears?
1: Cockwomble is my personal favourite. Cockwomble is great.
0: Shaky <laughs> testicles Dishpan oh, cunt oh, face. Oh, <laughs>
2: Oh, ah, Pootie Panger. Oh, you Pootie Panger. <laughs> yes, that is what it would that be. Great. Thank you very much.
1: So in place of pooty Panger, Cock Womble. <laughs> what was it? Dick like Cunchank or something. My fa- One of my personal favourites at the moment
0: is Douche Canoe.
1: Douche Canoe has always been one of my favourites. I would canoe in, in your douche. Strength. Douche Canoe, Cock Don't canoe in my douche. <laughs> um, Back your canoe. Bucket.
0: Back I'm my canoe, it. the fucker. Also, very strong. Dick splash could clunge be plunger. anything. Clunge plunger. Ooh, oh, I, I like it. Hate the
1: word plunge. I like it. You're welcome. Plunge plunger. Anyway, oh my god, he's such a clunge plunger. In in lieu of all of those grotesque squares, hello, explicit. Writing on iTunes. Um, oh,
0: grotesque
1: squares. New on <laughs> ITV three. <laughs> Um, Lumberjanes invokes famous women. For example, what in the Joan Jet is yeah, going on here? I like that. Or I think in other places is um uh in the name of all that is Eleanor Roosevelt, like yeah, things yeah. like that. Uh I guess now we would say like, what the malala? Like I Good Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yes, Emily! <laughs> Honestly, this was one of the first things I heard about Lumberjanes. And I was like, sold. Done. Yeah. Sorted. Hear me. Read this book. Like, I think that that is utterly charming. And so that in itself is already asserting a quite, a like, feminist bent on... You're a feminist bent. True that. Um... Because I think that although we ourselves don't use phrases like that, Bent. when you... When when some people think of certain invoking swears, they do think of Jesus H. Roosevelt Christ. <laughs> See also... Al- See also outlander fans. <laughs> George W. Bush Christ. <laughs> Jesus H. Roosevelt Christ is a thing. It's... Pers- Specifically a thing in Outlander, but it is also it's an American thing. I'm generalizing, sorry. It's um let over that. I think that it's I like that instead of going, what in the Jesus Christ, what in, what the fuck? They they're, they're using like to make it clean so the kids can read it, but also kids will read it, they'll go, Who is Joan Jett? And then they'll ask them, Mum, who's Joan Jett? and then she'll be like, I don't fucking know, Wikipedia it. And then they'll read about it, and then they'll read about Jane Jet. Like I love that, and I think that is a really subversive feminist message in it. So while I agree that it's not like, "Men are shit and everything is terrible," the first volume does literally include feral men child- children. And it does swears it about strong female women, and therefore I think it's pretty fucking feminist. Might yeah. drop. Would you guys recommend this comic to anyone? And would you recommend it as a feminist comic? That's okay. what I want to know. Because I think, personally I would. I I view this graphic novel as a really good representation of the different kinds of strong women. And a really good representation of the positive influence of female friendship. Those are the two things that I really take away from this. And we haven't delves into that so much on this episode partially because we've been sidetracked but partially just because there's quite a lot to tackle and i think we're all tired and that's fine because of course we're tired because the world is a garbage fire and it's hard (laughs) to hold it all (laughs) on our shoulders Mm. but the key takeaways that i take from this comic are female friendship the diversity of female roles and i think it's something that we ourselves hammer home on every episode we've talked about it before we've talked about it with Sansa Stark we've talked about it in in the fairy tales episode we've talked about it in Barbara the Slut we've talked about it in various different ways Mm. that there are two things that we care about I think consistently being good friends which we are Mm -hmm. and we support each other and we love each other Mm -hmm. which they do in Love Jones, James and being different people which we are and we support each other and love each other like they do in Number James, so I want to know: Would you recommend this, and why? Is it based on those things that I've observed that maybe you might you might not have? I uh, think Alex, right, so you go
2: first. Sorry, I think yeah. I think I'd recommend it to uh, people that I know with young children. Um, I have spoken about it with people. That I know as well, that are adults, and I'm sure they'll probably pick it up. But in terms of the importance of representation on the stage, the page, the like newspapers, like like everything, I think that's so important. And I'm I'm not just talking in terms of a like a woman's point of view. I'm talking about sexuality. I'm talking about any kind of gender or, or any thing that makes you, you. um, And I do think that Lumberjanes does touch on that. And I think that's great. I think it's a good representation of a lot of people, regardless of if they are female or not. Mm. Um, I... I must admit I don't I don't think it was as groundbreaking as maybe a lot of people mm. um have said it is uh I kind of took it in face value I was like oh great like this is a great like comic like novel mm. graphic novel um that's fine maybe I'm quite fortunate that I see representation of myself on on various like artistic platforms a lot of the time um I I also maybe like we were talking about earlier like I I feel like myself across between a couple of characters which is nice because you're like okay great you can relate to quite a few characters but it also meant that I wasn't completely sold on the whole journey mm-hmm. um And the language that was used was sometimes quite American or a bit kind of quirky American. Which you struggle with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really, really, I know I'm now treading into the territory where we're rating it, Mm. but, um, I really, really enjoyed it. But I would recommend it as maybe a kind of, like, light read as opposed to specifically a feminist kind of read. But if, um,
1: but if I may, do you not think that you maybe didn't find it as groundbreaking? Because, I mean, consider that this was written in what, originally 2008, I think it is? Mm-hmm. Or maybe even yeah, 2004. Which is, is fine. Like, play. if you'd written it then, if you'd read it then, it I mean, would have been more groundbreaking. It was groundbreaking. But we're not, was reading, groundbreaking. We're,
0: we're, we're, we're not reading it at that
1: time. No.
2: Yeah. So, we're reading it, now. it was probably groundbreaking at the we're, time. We're but reading now it now. and um, In context. I do think we have a long fucking way to go of course we do mm-hmm. but I like well where I am right now and I and I do count myself lucky that I'm in within the arts world I do feel very much like I am represent, represented completely and I see great things happening in terms of LGBTQ representation and uh uh, women and all the kind of varieties of people that we come across in everyday life or beyond um, on stage and in various art forms. So coming across this now wasn't that groundbreaking for me. But if you had come across it
0: 10 years ago, maybe it would have been.
2: Maybe, I don't know. That was very quiet and no one heard me.
0: Sam, mm bonjour your thoughts? Um, so in terms of being groundbreaking um i think this this is not like it's very hard to judge in the in the parameters of a market that i'm not entirely familiar with because i don't know graphic novels inside out um i especially don't know lgbtq graphic novels inside out or um that kind of avenue of storytelling. Um, for me, it was not something I'd ever read before. It was not something I was familiar with. Um, I, as has been mentioned, I'm a member of the LGBTQ society, society, community, whatever, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Got a badge. I got, I've got a badge, you know, you know.
1: <laughs> what
2: colour is it? Um,
0: <laughs> oh, For being bi, I think it's purple. I think that's oh. what it's meant to be. Um, But I, I found it an enjoyable romp through the. (laughs) I enjoyed your rolling of the art. It was strong. It it? was so strong. It was very strong. However, it was just not. um, It's not a. uh, I would not seek it out. It was fine. It was. It did not lean politically or. emotionally very strongly one way or the other which is not to say that everything has to because it doesn't it just didn't um, it was fun it was uh, well illustrated it was well planned um, I'm, I am I enjoyed it you know of, of our great
1: culture rating I'm going to give it a, a three okay well since we're there mm? um, I fucking loved it Okay, good. I think to put it in context, it was it was published before a lot of stuff that we are dealing with now in this mm-hmm. in and you know, we've talked before about the difference between ten years and how we're like, Oh, we shouldn't give things from two thousand and eight a pass but I'm not giving it a pass. I'm just grounding it in a different historical context. The landscape for LGBTQ, for feminism, for life was very different Mm. when this was published versus where we are now. And I, I read this for the first time in January 2019. I wish I'd read it before. I fucking loved it. I found it utterly charming. I loved every character. There's not a single character I didn't like, including the bad guys um i just honestly i i fucking love it and it's it's a five great for me it's a five star on good reasons wow. yeah no i fucking i fucking love it i good i feel really really strongly about it and i it might be because i've read further along it might be yeah. because it was exactly what i needed at the time but every time i've looked at it or read it, every time i think about it i just it fills me with delight and i think that sometimes things don't need to be Politically weighted or deeply intellectual or particularly incisive to warrant high ratings. I think that sometimes you can rate something because I think that everything that Lumberjanes does, it does with a subtle nuance. It talks about female friendship, it talks about not just female friendship, you know all friendship, all friendship, all respect, all love, all adventure, all joy, all appreciation of nature, all things that I love, it talks about them really, really well, Mm. all positively. And it's so rare to get something that is just almost entirely positive. And so, yeah, I'm wholeheartedly 100% five-graping it.
2: I don't know where to rate this because I kind of I really want to read on um and I I don't want to do it injustice by giving it a certain score now because I feel like it has in my mind potential um and I'm sure it does from the one uh episode volume. volume that I read Oh, it's really hard. I'm gonna go for three. I'm okay. gonna go for three. Because I think it does represent I, I would recommend this for a young person. For for a par- one of my friends who is a parent of a young girl. What about your students? Yeah, maybe not the maybe the teenage. Ooh. I think it's made for the teenagers. Maybe I should take it into a session and we
1: use we use it to like improvise some kind of I two. think you could turn that into Okay, great. That's right. just me. But I fucking love it, so who am I to judge? Mm-hmm. Um I'm gonna give it a
2: three because I think it represents a lot of people. I think it really upsets me that we say, Oh, it represents a lot of women and not classing everyone else and
1: segregating men and mm.
2: other gender. We haven't
1: talked about men, the male characters, yeah, and um, the fact and that male characters may identify with the female characters, like it would it, it,
2: but also, like, you know, there's, so, so there's also so many, like, either graphic novels or or books or whatever it is that also represent women in, in such a good way as well. Mm. But you like, it was really nice. And actually, do you know what? I had to remind myself a few times that these were a group of women and not a group of uh, mixed sexes. Mm. Um, And Mm. that was... It was really nice to think, oh, okay, actually, no. Alex, ground yourself. These are women. Not in terms of, you know, like referencing things. Yeah. But just like, oh, okay, like, this is great. Mm. This is a really good thing. So... I think three because I'm eager to potentially read on to see what happens with these characters. Three asterisks, yeah, yeah. That's a good, good way to put it.
1: Okay. Um, Sam, you're staring intently at the wine. Um, I thought it was a
0: fine red. Mm. It was nothing that I'm going to go home and be like, "Oh my god, that red is so good." Um, it. I don't feel like it was a. Uh, Particularly strong pairing with the book, like I, I can see the link. I can see the thematic link, but mm. um, I'm going to go with a two point
2: five. Fair, it was fine. Alex, I oh god, not to copycat Sam for every little thing. Oh
0: my god, Sam but did. I might go
2: two point five yeah i'm going to go 2.5 as well i would go 3 with the pairing mm. because i think the label and the tasting notes and everything was representative of what we were talking about um but i think 2.5 in terms of how it paired with the book from tasting mm. but also as i've discussed many a time i'm not a red wine drinker and this actually i didn't dislike so fair play to my palate
1: and this so red one. So where are we? Two point five. Two point five. Right. So it's not got a great, thumb. No, it is. it has got the a bottom, tiny thumb.
0: For the bottom mm. thumbs of the um of the listeners. Wine rule.
1: <laughs> it's not got a great, thumb. No,
0: I can see most of your thumb. At the bottom yeah,
1: I'm I'm shrinking it as well. And um, it's more of a dimple. I I have to say, like I enjoyed the wine. I thought that it paired quite well with the topic, which we don't always refer back to, but we try to. We do. do. um, Because that is the original impetus for choosing the wine, is supposed to pair, but we don't always refer to it with our rating. Um, But I do think, like, between the label and the the tagline and everything, I think it pairs really well. But the flavour itself was middle of the road and I've clearly stated that i don't think that lumberjanes is middle of the road i think that lumberjanes is better than middle of the road yeah so the wine itself i think is like a three three three-year-old wine but i think that in terms of how it pairs with the topic that we chose i don't think that it did it justice i think that we could have chosen a more powerful wine for Lumberjanes, but then again, my opinion of, of Lumberjanes is different. No, so I, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it a 2.5, same as you guys. Purely because I think that it's perfectly fine wine. It's got a fantastic label and a fantastic tagline, and it was there was nothing wrong with it, except that I think Lumberjanes is a five grape graphic novel, and I think this wine is not a five grape wine. And therefore. Agreed it is at least half as good, and therefore 2.5. The yeah. end.
0: If you have enjoyed this episode of Grape Culture, don't forget to come back in two weeks when we will have a brand new episode for you. If you want to let us know what you thought of this week's episode, please don't forget to get in touch. We are on Instagram, we are at Grape Culture Podcast. We are on Twitter, at Grape Culture Pod, or you can email us where we are Podcast at gmail.com. If you are listening on iTunes, please don't forget to give us a rating out of five, whatever you think we deserve. And maybe leave us a review because we love to hear what you enjoy and what you would like to hear more of. So thanks for listening tonight and we will see you again in two weeks' time when we have a brand new episode. Thanks for listening and bye-bye. Bye!